The title of my message, I'll do a little intro before we go to the Lord in prayer, but the title of my message tonight is The Fruit of the Spirit is Peace. And as I was preparing for tonight's word, I was actually tempted at first to go away from my series because of the praying and the fasting that we were doing. And I was leaning toward another word that I thought maybe might motivate us a little bit better or fit a little bit better with the prayer and fasting that we were involved with uh, throughout the day. But the more I spent time before the Lord, the more the Holy Spirit wanted me to stay exactly where I am. Because I believe with all of my heart that one of the things we should have been praying for and should have been fasting for and should have been believing for is this virtue of peace, church. A divine peace that stands strong in the midst of every trial, stands strong in the midst of every tribulation, that doesn't waver in the face of adversity, that doesn't run away in the face of the enemy, but a peace according to the Word of God that passes all understanding. Amen. It's not a hippie peace. It's not a temporary ceasefire peace that, that runs out when someone gets angry or someone gets mad, church. It's, it's not a, 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 a worldly peace, but rather a peace that this world can't give and a peace, according to Jesus, that this world can't take away. Amen? Talking about a peace tonight, according to Paul, that surpasses, goes beyond all human reason and all human understanding. It's a peace that has the power to protect our hearts and protect our minds in the midst of every storm. A peace that has the power, according to the Word of God, to rule and to reign in every trial and tribulation that we might face in life. How many of you want that kind of peace to be provided, that kind of peace to prosper in your life, then I believe we need to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us tonight. Amen. And before we get into the Word and what the Holy Spirit put on my heart, we'll go to the Word, Lord, one more time in prayer. Amen. Father God, we thank you once again for this day. It's my prayer, God, that just like we sang, that you would be at the center of everything that we do. In your house and in our houses, in, in your house and in our lives, in everything that we do, God, in everything that we say, in everything that we think, I pray that you would be at the center. God, because as we make it all about you, you make it all about us, Father God. So tonight we make it about you. Tonight, Father God, we ask that your anointing would rest upon me and rest upon your people as well. I pray that you would bring to my remembrance, God, everything that you sowed into my spirit this week and this day, Father. I pray that you would give us ears to hear, that you would give us hearts, Father God, that are willing to receive, I pray, O oh God. And that most of all, you would give us the courage to respond when you speak into our lives, God. I pray for divine revelation. I pray for divine truth. I pray for divine peace to rest upon your people tonight, God. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. For anyone who hasn't been with us over the last few weeks, I started a series on the fruit of the Spirit that is taken from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, where Jesus said, or, or not Jesus, where Paul said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law, he said. And tonight we're going to look at the virtue of peace. All of these things that we call the fruit of the Spirit, it's one fruit and it consists of nine virtues. And the virtue that we're going to look at tonight is the virtue of peace. 
Last week we looked at joy, a joy that was unspeakable and full of glory even in the emptiest moments of life, church. A joy like Paul and Silas had even in the middle of a prison cell, a joy that couldn't be beaten away, a a joy that couldn't be locked away, a joy that couldn't be frightened away or taken away from them, amen? It was a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. We learned last week that it was a joy that flowed from the sanctuary of God. A a joy that isn't attached to the happenings of life, amen, but rather to the vine of Jesus Christ. And it's why it can flow in any season into our lives. How many of you want to be attached to the vine of Jesus so those things can flow into our lives? And the fruit of peace or the virtue of peace is exactly the same. Because when you study this, you discover that, that, that this virtue of peace is born out of the joy of the Lord. The truth is once the virtue of joy is developed in our lives, peace is produced right along with it. When the joy of our salvation, church, is firmly established in our life, peace then prospers as well. Peace, because there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Peace because we are no longer destined for destruction because we are no longer children of wrath. Peace because we are free from guilt and free from shame. Amen. Peace because through Jesus we are now blameless before God. We have peace through Jesus, church, because we have now been justified by faith. Just as if we have never sinned. We have peace because we are no longer enemies of God, but children of God instead. And that is who we are tonight, church. We are children of the Most High God. We are sons and daughters of the the Most High God. And that should fill our lives with joy. And that should fill our lives with peace as well. To know that if it is all well with our soul. To know that no matter what circumstance or situation we find ourselves in. To to know that no matter what trial or tribulation comes our way. To know that no matter how hot the furnace is or how high the waters might be. It is still well with our soul. Amen. It is because of Jesus Christ who is the joy of our salvation and the prince of our peace. Church, it's, it's why we can have this joy and why we can have this peace. The word peace that John referred to, the word peace that Paul referred to, the word peace that Jesus refers to all throughout the New Testament, church, is the Greek word irene. It is the result of resting in a right relationship with God. It's the result of resting in a deep and intimate relationship with the joy of our salvation. This word irene or this peace is cultivated in an up-close and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And nowhere else can it be cultivated. If we want this virtue of peace to prosper in our lives. It's all about an up-close personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If we want this virtue of peace to be developed in our lives and prosper in our lives, it's all about the song that we sang. It's all about making Him the center of everything that we do. The reality is, unless He's at the center of your life, 
You can't have this peace. Unless He's at the center of your mind, you can't enjoy this peace. Unless He's in the center of your marriage, your marriage won't enjoy this peace that I'm talking about, church. Unless we are in a right relationship with Jesus Christ, we cannot have this peace abounding in our lives. Unless we're abiding in Him like we learned last week, Unless we're yielded to Him, unless we're submitted to Him, unless we are constantly residing in Him, church, we cannot rest in Him and we cannot have peace in Him. He's the Prince of Peace. And unless He's ruling in our hearts, our hearts won't have peace, amen? Something else will rule instead. Unless you are allowing the Prince of Peace to rule in your mind and rule in your marriage, listen to me, something else will rule instead. Chaos might rule, confusion might rule, anxiety might rule, jealousy might rule, anger might rule, all sorts of emotions and other things might rule in your life. But when the Prince of Peace rules and has his rightful place at the center of our thoughts and at the center of our words and at the center of our marriage and in the center of our lives, then we can enjoy this peace that surpasses all understanding, church. The peace that we're talking about cannot be produced in the life of a sinner. It can't be produced in the soil of sin. It can't be produced in the clay of compromise. It can't be produced in the field of flesh. It can only be produced in an up-close, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Our peace comes from one place. It comes from Jesus. It comes from the kingdom of God. Amen? It flows from the sanctuary like we talked about last week. If you want peace flowing in your life, connect yourself to Jesus Christ. Amen? Remember, Jesus said, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Come unto me, all who are hurting. Come unto me, all who are heavy with burdens and heavy with cares and heavy with hurts and heavy with heartaches. Come unto me, Jesus said. But he didn't stop there. He went on to say, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me and then you will find rest for your souls. You see, we think, we think, we stop a lot of times in the middle of a passage. Come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden. Well, here I am, God. Now give me your peace. Here I am, God. Now give me the, this rest that I'm looking for. But Jesus didn't stop there. Jesus said, when you come into my presence, you got to do something. When you come unto me, you got to take my yoke upon you. You got to open up your ears. You got to open up your heart and you got to learn from me. And then you will find rest for your soul. You see, the reality is Jesus is trying to teach us some stuff tonight. He wants us to learn some stuff tonight. When you're going through your trial and you're going through your tribulation, when you're going through your heartache, when you're going through your headache, when you're going through your storm, Jesus wants you to learn something from him. And guess what? Unless you do, you're going to go through it again. And you're going to go through it again. You see, the reality is whenever you find yourself in a difficult situation, the only way you're going to get through it is if you yoke yourself to Jesus Christ. If you yoke yourself to the Prince of Peace and He can give you what you need to see you through your storm. Amen? Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And then you will find rest for your soul. Once again, we discovered that this rest, 
We discover that this irene or this peace for the troubled soul, this rest for the, the restless minds comes only to those who are yoked to Jesus Christ. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus said, and learn from me. Not from this world, not from Hollywood, not from the modern media, not from pop culture, not from earthly philosophers. Jesus said, learn from me and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me and learn from me and you will find rest for your troubled souls. You see, the reality is there is no earthly philosopher. There is no media elite. There is no Hollywood personality. There is no earthly pastor. There is no earthly priest. There is no earthly person that can give you this peace that we're talking about tonight. There's only one individual that can give you uh, irene. There's only one individual that can give you a peace that passes all understanding. You see, I might be able to soothe you for about 15 minutes. I might be able to soothe you for about 45 minutes. But when you go out those doors and hell breaks loose in your life, there's only one individual that can give you this peace that passes all understanding standing. Counselor can get you through the week. Someone else might get you through the night. Something else might get you through the day. But there's only one person that can give you this peace that passes all understanding, church. It's a peace the world can't give and a peace that this world cannot take away. You see, the sad reality is far too many of us can't find rest for our souls or peace for our minds because we are not yoked to Jesus in the middle of our mess. We're not yoked to Jesus in the center of our storm. We're not yoked to Jesus in the center. When everything's good, yeah, we're all hooked up to God. When things are going great, we're all plugged in. But when things get tough and things get rough, the tendency we have is turn to the arm of flesh instead of turning to the strong right arm of God. And this is what we need to learn if we want peace in our lives, church, because we're not yielded to Him, because we're not bound to Him in the, in the center of our tribulation. We're not yielded to Him in the midst of our storm. We're not allowing Him to lead us in our times of trouble. We run to this person and we run to that person like I've talked about before instead of running to God. I don't know why it is the last place we often run is into the presence of God. Sometimes the last place we run is into that strong tower where we might find help. We tend to lean on the arm of flesh, church, and we cannot do that. We can't find peace because so often we walk in our own ways instead of our steps being ordered by the Lord. If there was ever a time you need your steps to be ordered by God, it's in the midst of your trial and your tribulation. If there was ever a time that you needed to trust in God and lean not on your own understanding, it's when you're in the middle of a mess, church. And we've got to learn that. But so often we try to manipulate and maneuver our way out of our own mess and we make it worse. Amen? But God is saying if you want peace that surpasses all understanding, you must yoke yourself to me. The problem is so often we are yoked to this world and its ways instead of the kingdom of God which lives and moves and breathes and has its being in the supernatural. Why do we run to the natural to try to solve a supernatural need? Why do we run to the natural in order to, to solve a supernatural problem that's taking place in our life, church? We, we yoke ourselves to the kingdom of this earth. We yoke ourselves to the things of this earth, hoping to find a, a, a natural solution 
for a supernatural struggle that's taking place in our life. And it will not work. If you've got a supernatural struggle going on in your life, there's one place you'll find peace. There's one place you'll overcome it. There's one place where you'll find victory. There's one place you'll find breakthrough. There's one place you'll find what you need. And that is in the throne room of God's mercy and grace. It's in that place where we can come and find our help in a very time of trouble. So often, church, like I said... We lean on the arm of flesh and then we wonder why we have no peace. We wonder why we can't find rest because we're yoked to an earthly kingdom instead of a heavenly one. We're looking, like I said, for earthly solutions to a supernatural struggle. Uh, We have to ask ourselves this when we're sick, when we're troubled, when we're lacking, when we're suffering, when we're depressed, when we're anxious, when we're sad, when we're filled with sorrow, when we're in the center of a trial, in the center of a struggle, in the center of a storm. Far too often we yoke ourselves to the things of this world instead of to the kingdom of God. We far too often yoke ourselves to the natural instead of the supernatural and we wonder why we can't find rest. We wonder why we can't find peace, church, because our peace comes from one place, the Prince of Peace in our lives. Therefore, if you want peace in your life, if you want peace in your body, if you want peace in your mind, if you want peace in your marriage, if you want peace in your family, instead of constant chaos and constant confusion and constant struggles, if you want peace in your finances, instead of constant chaos and constant struggle. Listen, I know a lot of church people, constant chaos in their finances. Constant confusion and struggle going on in their, in their finances. It's that individual that needs to learn to yoke their finances to the kingdom of God and not to the things of this earth. Because when you yoke yourself to the kingdom of God, you experience, you overcome this, this chaos and confusion, which I'll look at in just a little bit. But if you want peace in all of these areas, then all of them must be yoked to the kingdom of God. And not to the culture of this world. This world will give you all sorts of direction. This world will speak all sorts of words into your problem, church. This world will speak all sorts of stuff to to try to give you a solution to the struggle that you're facing. But unless you and I are yoked to the kingdom of God, we won't find what we're looking for. We won't find what we need. The truth is, unless we're yoked to Christ, unless we're learning from Him, unless we're yoked to His will... Unless we're yoked to His Word, unless we're yoked to His ways, unless we are yoked to His Spirit who guides us and leads us, the Bible says, church, unless we are walking in step with Him. That's what being yoked to Him means. It means I'm walking in step with the the one that's stronger. I'm walking in step with the one that knows, the one that's been trained. That's what you do when you yoke two animals together. They'll put a weak one with a strong one to teach that, that weak one how to be strong. Amen? And it's exactly why we need to yoke ourselves to Jesus in the midst of our trial because He's going to teach us how to be strong. Because He's going to guide our footsteps and lead us the way that we need to go so that we might find fruit in every season. Amen? This is what we have to understand. Unless we are yoked to Christ and learning from Him, unless we're yoked to His will, His ways, and His Holy Spirit, we will not find peace in the process. Understand the peace that we're talking about tonight. In the Greek, it means without kingdom conflict. 
The word irene means exemption from the rage and the havoc of war. There's several definitions. The Greek, the Greek definition of this uh, means so much more than just the, the normal English language. So when you read the word peace in Scripture, when Jesus, it means all of these things, different things in different spots. But on, on one occasion when you hear them speak, it means to be exempt from the, the rage and the havoc of war. Please understand what this means. If you want your marriage to be free or exempt from the rage and the havoc of war that the devil would try to bring against you, that the devil would try to create between the two of you, you've got to be yoked to Jesus Christ or your marriage will be ripped apart, church. If you want your your mind to be free from the rage and the havoc of war that the devil would try to bring against you, guess what your mind has to be yoked to? It has to be yoked to Jesus Christ. If it's not, rage and havoc, chaos and confusion will rule in your mind and it'll rule in your heart. But Jesus said there is a peace that is able to rule and reign over all of these things in your life and it comes through me, the Prince of Peace. Understand what the Holy Spirit is teaching us tonight, church. The reality is, unless we are walking in step with Him, we are walking in conflict with Him. Because the Bible tells me, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. If I'm anxious, am I walking in step with Him? There's something going on that I'm not. There's plenty of times when I'm not walking in step with God. Plenty of times in my life, plenty of times in your life when you're not walking in step with God. And when we're not walking in step with Him, we're walking in conflict with Him. But Jesus wants us to yoke ourselves to Him in every situation so we're not walking in conflict. So that we can have peace for our soul and peace for our mind or peace for our marriage. Listen, if you're not walking in step with Jesus in your marriage... You're walking in conflict with Him. Your relationship is in conflict with God. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? If, you're, if your finances are not in step with God, your finances are in conflict with God. If you're not a giver and you're not a tither, and I know a lot of people hate to hear it, but if you're not doing, if you're not in step with your finances with God, you're walking in conflict with God. And when you're walking in conflict with God, you think you're going to have peace in your life. You think He's going to rule and reign over the enemy that wants to come steal, kill and destroy all the finances that you have, no, it won't happen. If you want those things to flourish in your life, if you want to be exempt from the rage and the havoc of war against your finances, you must have your finances walk in step with the Word of God. It's the same with everything else. Your your mind, your thought process, all of that. You want your mind to be free from wreaking havoc? Paul gives you the solution. Set your mind on things above where Christ is seated. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, goes on and on. Set your minds on these things and the peace of God will rule in your heart. Rule in your mind. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we don't follow that, those steps, if we don't follow that process that God's giving us, we're walking in conflict with Him. And we can't experience this peace that God has for us. It's just part of the lesson the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us tonight. We need to understand what this words mean. We need to understand and remember is that Jesus, the other meaning for peace, is a tranquility between us and God. Tranquility between us and God. Tranquility. 
I hope you understand that. Jesus came so that we might have tranquility with God. That we might have peace with God. That we might have irene with God. It means so many different things. But listen, I don't know about you, and I do know, and I hope you know, I hope this is you, that you want to walk in tranquility with God. Don't want to live in conflict with God. Don't want to live in judgment with God. Don't want to live in the wrath of God. And the way that we avoid that is by yoking ourselves to Jesus Christ and learning from Him so that we can experience the peace that He has for us. Amen? This is what, this is what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us. He's trying to teach us ways that we can live in tranquility with God. Remember, Pastor Darrell read it. The punishment for our peace was placed upon His shoulders and not ours. Jesus is the only way that we can have peace, church. He's the way that we can have this very virtue develop and prosper in our lives. And apart from Him, we can't have it. The truth is Jesus came to unite us with God because sin tore us apart. It separated us from the Father. It brought us into conflict with God and into a fearful expectation of judgment, the Bible says. So please understand what this means and how peace is developed in our lives. It means because of Jesus. It means because of God's love that was demonstrated towards us, church. We're able to stand in the presence of His glory blameless without the fear of wrath, without the fear of penalty, without the fear of punishment. Irene means that we can stand before God blameless without conflict, church. It means that we can come boldly into His throne room of grace so that we might find help in our time of need. But every time I read these passages, you have to go back to the very foundation. And the very foundation of all of these things that are available to us are established on a right relationship with God. If you and I don't have a right relationship with God, these things will be fleeting in our lives. These things will be hard to come by. It's not that God doesn't want to give them to us. It's the way He operates. It's the rule and the order of His kingdom. If you're not plugged into His kingdom, you can't experience kingdom uh, virtues in your life. This is what He's trying to teach us. It's how it's developed in our lives is by being yoked to Him. The Greek word irene is derived from the Greek root word iro, which means to join together. It means to be tied together as a whole. It means to be knit together and joined together as one. That word is the same word as the the word shalom. When it says, uh, when, when we hear Jehovah Shalom, it's about the one who joins us together. It means that we are tied and knit together, joined together as one. So here's what you need to understand. In John 17, Jesus prayed another powerful prayer to his father concerning you and me. We learned last week that he prayed that our joy would be made complete. Amen. And here we find him praying that we would be one with the Father, that we would be joined together with him, that we would be made whole with him so that we might have peace with him. Amen. So understand, this is what this word is saying. It's saying when we are one with him, when we, when we are I row with him, church, when we are knit together with Him, when we are joined together with Him, when we are yoked together with Him, peace prospers in that very place. Peace prospers in that area. Give you a better understanding. What He's saying in this passage of Scripture is that when your life is knit together with God, when it's joined together with God, 
When it's woven together and it is one with God, your life will experience peace. Peace will prosper in your life. When your marriage, again, I know I keep saying these things, but when your marriage is knit together with God, when it's woven together, woven together and can't be pulled apart, when it's woven together and knit together as one, peace will prosper in your marriage. When your mind and your thoughts are knit together with God, woven together with God, yoked together with God, peace will prosper in your mind. Shared it earlier, when your finances are one with God, not in conflict with God, when they're one with God, knit together with God, woven together with God, yoked to God, then peace will prosper in your finances, church. Your finances won't experience uh, rage and, and havoc and chaos. They will experience peace. This is what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us tonight. And I believe with all of my heart that, that some of us, if not all of us, need this kind of peace in these areas of our life. Amen? Someone might need it in their marriage. Someone might need it in their mind. Someone might need it in their finances. And what the Holy Spirit is saying to you tonight, and what He's saying to me tonight, is for my peace to rule and reign in that area of your life, yoke it to me. Yoke it to me. Knit it together to me. And make it one with me. But so often we re- we're, we're reluctant to do that. Hold on a little bit here. Now you can't have it all, God. Have a little bit of my marriage. Have a little bit of my mind. Have a little bit of my money. But we don't make it one with God. And then we wonder why we don't have peace. We wonder why rage and and the havoc of war and why chaos and confusion and why all these other things are taking place in our lives because at some place we're not knit together properly with God. Amen? The word irene also strongly suggests the rule of order in place of chaos. It all goes together when you learn this, that when you hear the word Irene and he speaks about peace, it strongly suggests the rule of order in place of chaos. So when a person's life is ordered by the Lord, when it's ruled by the Lord, when it's conformed to the kingdom of God and not the things of this earth, church, when we are yoked to the Father and not to the flesh, listen to this, we are then dominated... By the power of this peace. This peace that Jesus is talking about and Paul is talking about and John is talking about suggests a rule of order, church. And the reality is when we are yoked and those things are yoked to God, then we are dominated by this rule in our lives, by a rule of order that has authority and power over all of the storms of life. A rule and order that has power and authority over all of the storms of life, church. doesn't matter what storm comes your way. When you're yoked to Jesus, this peace has rule over that. It has rule over the chaos that the devil tries to bring into your life. Please understand, there will be trouble in your life. There will be trials in your life. There will be tribulations in your life. Anyone that tells you otherwise doesn't know the Word of God. And they've not been a Christian very long. But the reality is Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble. 
In this world, you will have heartache. In this world, you will experience sickness. In this world, you experience pain and sadness and sorrow and suffering. But he said, be of good cheer because I've overcome this world. Be of good cheer, amen? Because there is a rule of order that has more power than the chaos and the confusion that the devil is trying to bring into your life. And it is this thing called irene. This thing called peace that has power over all of these things. What he's, he's not saying, peace doesn't take away the storm all the time. Peace doesn't take away the situation. It gives you, the, it gives you power over the situation. It gives you power over the circumstance and gives you power over the things that the devil has loosed in your life. The reality is when we have this operating in our life, when we have irene in our life, we are ruled by a peace that passes all understanding and which is able to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Guard them from fear. Guard them from chaos. Guard them from confusion. Guard them from anxiety and anxiousness and worry and fret. Guard them from anything that would try to unsettle our soul and trouble our mind, church. Like I said, in this world, you will have all those things. But Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, has something that has the power to reside over them all. Amen? Because, listen, there is a peace that this world can't give and the world can't take away because it's not natural, it's supernatural. The natural things of this world are lower than the supernatural power of peace that God has given to us. And if we are yoked to Him properly, guess what? We have power over all these things. Amen? To help you understand this definition of peace as a rule of order over chaos, we, need not only, we only need to look at Luke chapter 8, verse 23. When the disciples were out to sea and a storm suddenly came upon them. You all know the story. A storm suddenly entered into their life. How many of you know storms? That's the way some storms come. They come out of the blue. They come out of nowhere. Come in the middle of the night. They come in the middle of the morning. They come while you're driving down the street. They come at a phone call. They come suddenly into our lives, church, just like it did with the disciples. And a storm suddenly entered into their lives. It entered into their minds. It entered into their hearts. It even entered into their boat. Amen? And when the storm came, we find that chaos and panic and fear filled their hearts. Read it and see how they act. See how they acted. We all often do the same thing in our times of trouble. But we find that chaos and panic and fear filled their hearts and filled their minds and filled their boat as fast as the water did. Amen? Chaos controlled them and fear controlled them until Jesus rose up and what? He spoke order into their chaos. He released order. He released the power of peace over those things that were waging against them. Chaos filled their hearts and fear filled their hearts and fear filled their minds until Jesus took control and said, Peace! He said, Irene, be still! You see, you and I have that power when we're yoked to Jesus Christ. We have the power to still the storms, church, or, or at least the, the, the consequences of those storms. The fear of those storms and the, the anxiety of those storms when they come into our lives. Peace be still, he spoke. Chaos ruled, church, in the center of the storm until Irene or the rule and order and the authority of God took its place. You see, anytime these things come into your life, 
Anytime worry, anxiety, panic, chaos, confusion. Look, all of these things are coming from the devil. Amen? So anytime those things are loosed into your life, you need to allow the rule of order. You need to allow a supernatural rule and a supernatural power to take authority over those things and cause that storm to be still. The reality is fear has real power. Amen? Anxiety has real power. Fretting and worrying have the power to unsettle our souls and mess with our minds. They have the power to petrify and, and, and trouble our soul just like the winds did, just like the waves did against this boat, just like the storm that suddenly came upon the disciples. But the peace of God that we're talking about this evening, the irene that I'm referring to has the power to guard our hearts and minds in the midst of every storm. Amen? It has the power to rule and reign over all of the winds and all of the waves that might enter into our lives. And if we're yoked to Him, we shall have rest. If we're yoked to Him, we shall have peace. If we're one with Him in the midst of the storm, we can be like Jesus, who was in the center of the same storm, surrounded by the same wind, surrounded by the same waves. But what was up with Him? He had a pillow. Resting in the back of the boat. Why was Jesus resting while the rest were panicking? Why was Jesus resting while the rest were filled with chaos? Why were the rest, why, why, why was Jesus resting when the rest were filled and flooded with fear like the boat was flooded with water? Why? Because he was one with the Father. He was united to the Father. He was knit together with the Father. And the reality is, if we would do the same exact thing, if we would be knit together with the Father, if we would be one with the Father, united with the Father, woven together with the Father, we could take out that pillow in the middle of our storm and be at rest. Amen? Listen, the reality is, this isn't some make-believe fairy tale. This is what is available to you and me as children of God. Amen. As sons and daughters of the Most High God. He wants us to have peace. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Kingdom, the fruit of the Father is love, joy, and peace, church. And He wants it to rule and reign in our hearts over the chaos and over the panic and over all of those other things that would come our way. It has the power to guard our hearts and our minds. And as I wind this down, Paul said this in Philippians 6, 7. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. In all of your troubles, in all of your trials, in all of your sadnesses, in all of your sorrows, in everything. He said, by prayer and petition, along with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And here's, I want to stop here. And I know I'm running out of time because I want to allow some time to pray. But we need to understand what he means here when he says, present your requests to God. Present your requests to God. It doesn't mean that we just come into the church and say, hey, God, here's my need. It doesn't mean we throw our problems at Him. It doesn't mean we throw our heartaches and throw our headaches. It doesn't mean we come into His presence with a grocery list and say, Here, God, here's what I need. 
When we present our request to God, we got to remember we're presenting ourselves as well. You need to understand that when you come before a king, you better come rightly. When you come before a king, you better come rightly, church. You better present yourself properly to the king or he has no obligation to give you what you ask for. But when we present our requests and we present our prayers to God, we've got to present ourselves properly as well. Hear God, meet this need. Hear God, I want this. No, that's not how it works. You present yourself with a humble and a broken and a contrite heart. You present yourself with a heart of thanksgiving, with prayer and supplication along with thanksgiving. I'm thankful that you've allowed me into your presence, God. I thank you that you've opened the door to your throne room of grace. I thank you that when I deserved punishment and I deserved wrath and I deserved for you to shun me and, and for you to reject me, I, I thank you, God, that you opened the door to your throne room of grace. I thank you that I can come boldly before you in my time of need, God, and in this humble, broken spirit, in this spirit of thanksgiving, in this spirit of faith, in this, this spirit of trust and belief in you, in this spirit of, of joy that you have placed in my heart. I have this need, God. I have this impossibility, God. I have this fear. I have this struggle. I have this sickness. I I have this disease. I have this miracle that needs to take place in my, my life. You understand what I'm saying, church? This is what it means to present our prayers and our requests before God. The reason that a lot of our prayers aren't answered is because we're not presenting them properly to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's because they're lacking thanksgiving. It's because they're lacking praise. It's because we're not resting in Him. We're not yoked to Him. We're not united to Him. We're not one with Him. And we throw a, we throw a grocery list of needs in His face and think He's going to open the windows of heaven into our life. It's not going to happen. Present yourselves properly as you present your requests to God. And the peace of God, the irene of God, the rule of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many of you need that kind of peace in some area of your life this evening?